Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host who likes sours, but is far from it, Mozzie. Aww. How you doing today, man? I'm swell. I've got a sour in front of me, and as you probably could guess, we were talking about sours before we recorded. I like a good sour beer. Mm-hmm. I got enough of my normal beer experience out in college, I guess. Well, not honestly normal beer. I got all my shitty light beer experience out, and then right. uh, I just the don't like IPAs. Can, yeah. I think a lot of people don't like IPAs, but they act like they do. <laughs> I think there's a lot of bad IPAs out there. So, okay, I always wondered if... Okay, so I'm not, like, a wine head. Do people do that with wine, or, like, do you actually eventually acquire a taste for wine? Because I could never see myself acquiring a taste for IPAs. Um, wine is, I think, a lot of BS, <laughs> in my personal opinion. <laughs> Um, I think like if you go up to a table and you tell them the wine they're drinking and all of the notes and why it's great, they're going to be like, oh yeah, ooh, whoa. But like realistically, most people don't really have much of a palate, but they know what they like and if they, and if something works well. So I think there's a little bit more, uh, what's legitness is yeah. not a real word. Legitimacy. But you know what I mean? Yeah, legitimacy the word. Is, is the word. <laughs> There's a little bit more of that, I think, with wine. With IPAs, it's just like they made a million different flavors for all the different IPAs, and they're not all good. Yeah. I like I, the little... There's one in Ohio called, like, Blah Blah IPA, or Blah Blah IPA, and, like, on the can, it has all of the billion different, in like, in writing kinds of IPAs you can purchase that are all... St- <laughs> it's like... Mango, sour, sweaty, grassy, you know, and some of them are gross, like smells like gym socks. It's like like a satirical IPA. Exactly. It's a self-deprecating IPA, and it's actually pretty solid. That's fine. Uh, Deschutes has a good IPA. I like Deschutes, fresh-squeezed IPA. That one's good. Nice. It makes me think of, like, so the thing now is the joke is, like, everybody has a podcast, and now it's, like, everyone also has an IPA. All the people podcasting have an IPA in their hand, and they're all different. But this I will say, I will say the the stereotypical like podcaster person you envision is very similar to the ster- like like the fantasy football podcaster you'd envision is quite similar to the IPA drinker I would envision. <laughs> <laughs> they like fit yeah, in probably. the same in the same exact like visual aid lane there. Hey, we're uh, I feel like we we're a little bit you know up there with the with the podcast people were like hey you know these guys you wouldn't guess that they're podcasters oh man yeah that guy's ripped that guy i I, handsome as fuck (laughs) (laughs) a lot of the stuff i do people wouldn't guess i do which i don't know what that if that's good or bad but it's good (laughs) I, i give off mixed vibes but anyway so yeah we mentioned fancy football because this again is is somehow a fancy football podcast at times um hey And so, yeah, we covered the first part of week one, our last episode, and we'll be getting to the second part. We've got one more of the 1 p.m. games to cover, and then we've got the 4 p.m.s and the prime times. So let's start with the 1 p.m. game that we saved because we wanted to wait on injury news. We have Tennessee at the Jets. I'll just call it yep. Tenny at the Jets because I like Tenny how that sounds. Tenny and the Jets. <laughs> and so we now have news that, so we figured AB was going to be out, but Julio is also out now. Um, they're going to get Furtzer back, and then Elijah Moore's out for the Jets, but they're getting Crowder back. Right. So, your A Jets. lot of injury updates that have uh, kind of changed the narrative of this game here, because this is I'm, I really don't want to sound like a homer here, but I think I'm taking the Jets. And I swear to God, it's not a homer pick, because I'm the last person usually that does <laughs> that. Uh, look, without... Julio and AJ Brown for Tennessee, 
their offense is now very one note, and that one note is Derrick Henry. And the problem is that that's kind of what the Jets are best at, is their run defense. Um, Matchup-wise here, I just think Tennessee's a little too beat up. If they had one of their guys, yeah. I would, you know, I probably would be taking Tennessee here, but... Ah, uh, this is kind of, I'm putting Jets as a sort of trap game awareness week. This isn't just like an obvious Tennessee pick, unfortunately. No, I, so I'm, I'm with you on this. So it's not, it's not just you. Um, okay. <laughs> so a lot of the Jets like underlying run defense metrics are really good. Like they're really good against power runs. They're really good at the line. They're 13th in adjusted line yards and they for sure have a big enough sample against running plays. Um, they're sixth in stuff rate. And um, so their adjusted sack rate is actually decent, but they're like, they don't get a whole lot of pressure. It's kind of weird. But anyway, like that's not run related, but it's all that <laughs> felt like mentioning it. Um, but yeah, their, their run metrics are pretty good. Um, and they're like average in the open field, second level yards. But the issue with Derek Henry, I think we saw it week one with the Cardinals was he couldn't get to that second level. And so... If I mean, if the Jets can prevent that, which I'm not saying they will the entire game, but that's literally all they have to do the entire game. So Right. All of their personnel should be trying to stop Derrick Henry, and that might be enough for them to get the win here. It's, it's like all of the things that the Jets defense is not good at, the Tennessee Titans are not equipped to attack this week. Yeah, and that's... That's the thing. It's, it, feel, it feels so weird picking the Jets to win, <laughs> but I I don't love it either. But I'm kind of just like looking at the at the sheets here, and I I don't know what else to say other than this kind of just matches up well for New York. Yeah, and then Crowder coming back, he'll push Barrios out. But Wilson had been going to Barrios a lot, and so I, I feel like he's got to love Crowder, and he'll have uh, the easier slot matchup. We talked about Tennessee kind of being weak against the slot a fair amount this year already. So oh yeah. Yeah, I'm on board with this upset. It feels so I, weird. I know it feels gross. It's but. and so and we're well, we're not saying don't play Derrick Henry because he right. will get the ball a lot. And my, one of my thoughts with it is like he has been getting more receptions lately too, and so that should continue. I'm guessing mm-hmm. so he'll still be fine. I don't think he's gonna like shit the bed. But right, we're not putting him as a mash. We're just saying like this isn't the star-studded golden matchup for Henry that I think we were maybe anticipating with a healthy passing offense as well Mm -hmm. because he pretty much and like i said derrick henry can of course always break a long run but he literally has to here to have one of those like you know smash derrick henry weeks because they have no one else to really get them down to the goal line to help him get you know an easy tutty so he's gonna have to earn a big tutty and the jets you know we've talked about it they've been very bed not break they've held teams to a lot of field goals where as you know i mean admittedly there are times when you know maybe teams aren't trying as hard to push it but an nfl team wants to score a touchdown when they can so they've done a good job you know preventing the score from getting totally run up they've like kept the game they've kept starters on the field on the other side at least yeah uh and you know Tannehill's been throwing some picks this year though i think the loss of arthur smith is actually a pretty big deal for tennessee even though for some reason it's not translating to immediate offensive success with the Falcons. Yeah, I wonder um, if both teams wish they could just, like, reverse that. Right? I, I almost feel like they might. But it's also, you know, a new system for the Falcons. So that's, you know, a developing thing. But I think this is a, this is a more intriguing game just yeah. also, than I originally thought. This is by far the worst defense the Jets have played. Like, they played the Panthers, who we... Okay, their schedule's been easier, but they appear to have a good defense. Um, the Patriots, who, they're not, like, studly, but they're solid. And the Broncos, like, the Titans are definitely worse on defense than those three teams. Yeah. So, and the Titans, they've not, have have they had a better pass rush this year or no? The Titans have had a better pass rush. Um, immobile quarterbacks are kind of, stu- like, sucked against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets O-line has allowed a lot of pressure. So that's definitely yeah. something to watch, but Wilson can move at least <laughs> with Crowder back. I really think that this is a Crowder banger week. Yeah, as like as long as you like, you don't hear anything about him being like limited. But as long mm-hmm. as he's you know good to go for real, then right, I agree with you. Yeah, 
So we're, we're taking the Jets. <laughs> oh, man. What a weird day. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you this one on upset of the week for sure. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, moving on to the 4 p.m. games. Um, I guess before we do that, I know we, we already covered New Orleans and Giants and mentioned watching the receivers, but they, they are both out, Slayton and Shepard. So very yep. heavy holiday week probably on targets, but I assume they'll want to get Lattimore shadowing him. So it may be like a lot to Ingram and then like Colin Johnson and Kadarius Tony are getting in the field. So pretty gross situation, but definitely I think solidifies the New Orleans win there. The New Orleans Camaro week is yeah. just building. Mm-hmm. Mm. Be a, I think he's worth paying up for yeah. while we're on it. Yeah, on DraftKings, like, yeah. I'm not sure how it's going to break in terms of who's more popular, but I think it'll end up being Henry more popular, and I would lean Kamara in terms of, okay, if you get that roster percentage discount and, like, a minor price discount, I think it's a way better spot for Kamara. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. But next up, we've got a couple uh, NFC West matchups to kick off the 4 p.m. games. We'll start with Arizona at the Rams. Ooh, I think we have similar sentiments on this game. I kind of think uh, Sean McVay might own Cliff here. Yeah, uh, we, we, we've talked about some of our concerns that have waned and returned as, you know, like as far as Cliff's coaching goes. I mean, Arizona came out against Jacksonville and really stunk for half the the first half of the game. Yeah. Um, I think I. So since I do that, too, I wonder how many teams we're going to see like come out flat against Jacksonville. I know. Is that going to be a recurring theme? Where, like, Jacksonville looks sort of okay for a half and then just gets waxed in the second half? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, how, how, how are you feeling on this game? What's your what's your thought in terms of how the game script plays out? I do think it's a high-scoring game. Um, I think it's a, a good, a really good game. Part of the problem for the Rams will be Kyler. Obviously, uh, Aaron Donald is obviously amazing and can collapse any pocket, but Kyler mm-hmm. can also evade pressure like yeah. nobody's business. You could have all the you could have like a crazy high pressure rate and not get home. Kyler is gonna have to be on his you know elite A game mm-hmm. if they want to win this game. Uh, part of that's gonna be because D Hop is probably gonna have Ramsey on him. Uh, now, obviously, yeah, the Cardinals have you know a ton of good receiving options. So he'll have other people to throw to to open things up. Um, but it's going to be all on Kyler's back for this one. Because I don't think James Conner's going to do jack in this one. I personally think I'm, this is an almonds game. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> I hadn't put it in there. But as you're talking to him, I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely an Edmonds week. Because whatever. So he and like Kyler correlate kind of weirdly. Like a lot of... it's. It's getting better with running backs and quarterbacks correlating because you'll, you'll see, like, offenses, you know, put up a lot of points and everybody eats and, you know, more pass-catching running backs now. But Edmonds is, like, as, in terms of, like, running backs correlating with their quarterback, Edmonds is near the top. Just because when he has a big day, it's because of pass-catching. Right. And that'll be the name of the game. I don't think he's going to get... I don't think Arizona's going to get much rushing yardage outside of Kyler Scurry's. Um, oh yeah like i i pretty much expect him to lead them in rushing this game absolutely but Edmonds with the receptions especially when they're trailing when the cardinals are trailing in games and they need to eat up some yardage Edmonds can get like five passes on one drive yeah and like that he makes a safe play here too because we've seen games where the rams had it close where like running max kind of did something against them like we saw like david montgomery do well although he and Edmonds are entirely different but right let me take let me take a look at how like Hines did. Um, I thought Hines had a good game. They they didn't use Hines much that game, but Pittman had a crazy good game, which was that was the weird one that like we didn't expect. But I mean, like the Bucks last week, I know, like they brought in Geo to start doing all that pass catching. He ended up being like nine for fifty one and a touchdown. And I know they were playing mm-hmm. from behind a lot, but if if the Rams can get up on the Bucks like that, like they could get up on the Cardinals like that and force a lot of tosses to Edmonds so exactly so most of my fan duels this week are probably going to feature Chase Edmonds yeah and he's only like 5,500 on DraftKings too he's like he's at a really nice price point there oh yeah or I'll double check it but no yeah I, he's I agree 61 I think on FanDuel oh that's pretty nice and then yeah on DraftKings we get that full PPR too it's real mm. nice mm. um I 
I might as well just mention it now. This game and the next game we'll mention, I think, are the the daily fantasy targets. Yeah, th- I feel like this game's going to be the most popular because you've got Cooper Cup, you've got a cheap Robert Woods, you've got Kyler and Stafford and Hopkins. Like You've got all these shiny pieces, you know. Oh, yeah, and a potentially high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. And I'll take a look, but I, I think Edmonds would kind of be the overlooked part of this game. Yeah, right now he's projecting below five percent. Right, which, which is sounds mm, right. Because everyone's sounds either gonna, about right. Yeah, everyone's going to either go up to David Montgomery or pay all the way up, and like there's a lot of guys shortly above Edmonds in price. So, but anyway, so the rest of this game, <laughs> I, th- I think Edmonds is like our like I want to call him sleeper. He's not a sleeper. I guess he can be like our sneaker of the week. I don't know. Our sneaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put him in here. Almonds. Yeah. Gotta love, gotta yeah. love almonds, man. Great for yeah. your heart. Our, our sneaky yeah. banger. Then after that, I'm into Higby. We've seen for several years, a lot of times, Vance Joseph's defenses will, you know, <laughs> focus on everything but the tight end. And especially here, like you've got all of these receivers to worry about. It makes sense that Higby would eat. So, yeah, this is an interesting one for me with Cup because at some point you're expecting Cup to regress a little bit. And I don't necessarily want to predict that it is this game. I, I still think he does when. fine. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. It's like, he should eventually, like, eventually he won't get a touchdown. Right. right. My but, worry is with the Cardinals. They've got Byron Murphy, sure, but they also have Buda Baker. And I'm wondering how much he actually tries to cover Cup this game. Yeah, I'm curious what they're playing. Because last week they put Woods in the slot a fair amount, too. It's like, they'll, they'll move them right. around. Oh, yeah, they're going to be all over the field. And The Rams passing game might just be unstoppable. I'm yeah, saying. it's I absurd. I love that possibility. Yeah, because like they got like they can go four wide and get Deshaun Jackson out there, too. I know. Now you've got D-Jacks to worry about, too. Yeah, and Van, Jeff- like Van Jefferson's progressing in his second year. So, yeah, it's it's real tough to stop. And you've got Higby, who's good himself. And so... Right. Um, I think the main... The only real injury things in this one were I know... There was some worry about Hopkins. He played last week, but he was coming off those, like, I think it was ribs. Um, but it sounds like he's good to go. He's been practicing in full the last two days, and he's off the injury report. So I think he'll be actually back to fine this week if, you know, there was some worry that he wasn't fully good this week. Uh, I'm sorry, this last week. And then on the Rams side, um, Henderson is the main one. Um, it sounds like he's probably going to play but be limited. Um, he practiced fully on Friday and is questionable right now, but I'm guessing um he uh won't be like full go it's like they it'll probably be like a split of him and uh sony i'm guessing he did have a full practice today without any setbacks so i think your call is probably right yeah that makes sense i mean like we'll i assume, a, I assume he'll be active amount, but, but i don't want to touch that running back situation this no. week like not that they not that they couldn't produce it's just i don't know what it's gonna be like that um Obviously, you're playing your receivers on both sides. Like, I think you can go back to you can get back to Rondale. They're going to need him this week. Um, I will say, I think the Rams' defense is usable. It's not my favorite, but it's usable. Interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, they're really talented. We saw them kind of put the clamps down on the Bucks last week. They did, yeah. I'm not like these are so Arizona and the Bucks are very different offenses, but. <laughs> We've talked about like the Rams. I sorry, the the Cardinals will pass a lot, and that provides opportunities. And when you when you get the play extended, the you know, the play breaks down like it can you know create some big plays, or it could give the defense opportunity to make plays too. And so, as gross as it is, it's I think it is in play. I actually like that take. The interesting thing is, so Buccaneers obviously Brady. Uh, Gets the ball out of the pocket really damn fast. Yeah, so that are, are kinda, he and Kyler opposites? Like, <laughs> I know. Like, he gets it out really fast, and that, in a way, kind of negates defensive pressure a little bit because they're getting pressure, but the chance they'll actually sack him is very low. Yeah, because they, they got but, three sacks on Brady. but Right, which is crazy. Now, Kyler is going to extend the play for a crazy amount of time, but he's also going to be really hard to bring down. So I mm-hmm. think in a similar vein, the amount of sacks might not be super high for the Rams, but the pressure will be. And I also, man, I think you're right. 
Like I like it's it's more so a play of like hoping for like picks, I guess, or like Kyler makes some based. dumb throws every now and then. No, I mean not dumb, but you know he goes for it. Mm-hmm. They're not dumb. They're just they're risky and it doesn't always work out. Jalen Ramsey getting a pick in this game or one of the other guys is definitely not out of the question. Yeah, like I said, it's so there, it's kind of an in a pitch thing. I imagine if you play in a league of defenses. Someone probably dropped the Rams for this week or might drop the Rams for this week to not hook two defenses. Because, like, who wants to play a defense against Kyler Murray? Like, it's not ideal. But if you're faced with some pretty, like, shitty options, I I don't hate them. They're, yeah. they're, they're too expensive on DraftKings. I don't know what their FanDuel price is. But they're too expensive on DraftKings to really consider, in my opinion. Mm. I haven't seen what they are on FanDuel. But, no, this is going to be a really good game. It's going to be hard to decide between these two NFC West games. But we do both have the Rams here. In this one, I think they're the better team, and you know they're at home. I'll probably, I think I had all these teams splitting in this division. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so they all beat each other at some point. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, this division is so good, man. It's crazy. Like I, I don't know if who's the weak link. It's not like a weak link. I guess who's the least strong link, but it's one of Seattle and San Fran. I guess we can jump to them. We both have Seattle here. Which I think is an upset. Uh, I will look. So right now the over-under is 52 and San Fran's favored by three. Yep. Which after the Packers game, I don't get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and that, I'm in the same boat as you. I think the Niners are a good team when they're all there, but they're not. They're yeah, really they're, banged up. They're like fate good right now. Or I don't right. want to say fate good. but No, kind of. Their secondary is too banged up to go against... Russ and Lockett and DK. It just is. That's that's all I could think of. And I know we said that about Minnesota last week too, and that's like the issue. I'm like, that's why I had some pause. I'm like, they were torching Minnesota and then just stopped. But yes, yeah, is a hard. This is a hard one. But we, I, I'm leaning Seattle. Like, as long as they don't like shit the bed in the second half like they did last week, then. But I don't. I don't know if San Fran's running game is how they want it to be yet, and that's the problem. I would say it's definitely not. Um, I, I there's a chance Kittle doesn't man. play either. In fact, I think there's a oh, decent yeah. chance Kittle doesn't play. Oh, if he doesn't play, um, you know, he hasn't practiced all week, so he's questionable. Right, and he's saying, I'm going to do everything I can to play, which obviously he, he is going to try to do everything he can to play, but I have concerns that mm-hmm. that might also mean that's a really long shot for him to play. Yeah, that's tough too. Because Kittle like will play through injuries, but if yeah, if they don't have him, it's really hard to go with them. The other thing is, I think Minnesota's front might actually be better than the Niners right now, which sounds kind of ridiculous. But yeah, you know, with Daniel Hunter and they had you know Kendricks and all those guys back bar. Yeah, when they're like when they're healthy, that's it. Like they were they were all hurt in the one game, and then they got him back. They so got him back. At, like San Fran, like man, they. Just, I don't know how they get so hurt so quickly. Yeah, I mean they're they're they're, they're second day because so Josh Norman and Quan Williams are out now. Oh, oh, they signed Buster Screen. That's right. Oh no. Oh, oh man, is Buster Screen gonna have to play? Oh no, where's Lockett? Get Lockett. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I saw they signed him, and then I went to look 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 at their team and their depth chart. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Or like yeah. uh, the like uh, Lenar, I, I think of the what's the, the piece of furniture that it sounds like I keep thinking of, but save big money at Menards. At Lenards. <laughs> yeah, there's Menard. like a like a anyway. I'm not gonna figure. Oh, this an out. armoire. Armoire. There we go. That's it. Yeah. I'm the like, Yamador. if we just if we just mull over this long enough, maybe we'll figure it out. We got it. Um, yeah. So wait, is um so yeah, who who are their healthy? Because Norman and Kalon Williams are out. It's Mosley and Diamador. Okay, that, so those are their two. starting corners. So Buster Screen will have to man the slot, I think, unless I mean, I'm missing something. That's the only thing you bring him on for. That's the only position he can play, really, Is and he's not great at it. Yeah, um, is, let's see. Yeah, is Dre, I think, is, is Dre Kirkpatrick still hurt? Oh, yeah, he is. Okay, so yeah, I, th- I, think, I think they have to play Buster Screen. Oh no! Oh no no! Yeah. Oh no no no! Okay, so so lock uh, yes. it week. <laughs> yes, the Seattle passing game is going to get back on track. 
I was I was assuming that anyway with all these injuries, but then I realized like wait, Buster Screen might have to play. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's 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 the PJ Williams thing more or less. So yeah, I saw a post about how the Bears nickel and slot defense is so bad they actually miss Buster Screen, and when I saw that, I knew there was something wrong there. <laughs> Buster Screen, oh uh, my. So okay, yeah. So Seattle. <laughs> so Seattle. But no. So the the San Fran side though. Um, so Ayuk is back on the field now, and obviously Debo's really good. If Kittle's out, it, I guess it has to just be those two. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess they get, maybe get Sherfield more involved. Um, I'm really curious what they do at running back because it sounds like we won't get Elijah Mitchell this week. He's been limited in practice all week, and uh, yeah, I think it's questionable, but. Everything I've heard is like he may sit again. This is that. Like I don't think they let him play this week, which would mean we get Sermon again and use check. And I feel like we could get a fair amount of use check work if Kittle is out too. Uh huh. But I thought about that. Yeah, I, I would crack up if this is the week that Sermon pops off. Like, as everyone played him in the showdown, and then <laughs> everyone's probably be fatigued on him, and then watch him go off this week. Hmm. Ah, uh, yeah. This is kind of a weird game. Yeah, this uh, is one where we still don't have enough injury news. Like, because the Kittle pay, the Kittle plays a huge part in all of it, obviously, because he's George fucking Kittle. So yeah, he blocks well, he catches well, he does it all. Yeah, but we talked about in the review from last week. Seattle's defense has been really bad. <laughs> so really bad. Yeah, I like, mean, I like Ayuk this week. Oh yeah, like Ayuk and Debo are in play for sure. So, but if if we're talking about this possibly going into shootout at all, please give me Russell Wilson. And DK and Lockett over Jimmy G. <laughs> so. Yep. Seattle is. But yeah, keep an eye on Kittle for sure if he is uh, on your team or in your lineups. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got Baltimore at Denver. And this is a tough one for me. This it's is a just, very tough one to It's pick. generally gross. Both these teams are really hurt. Really injured. They have like so many guys on eye already on each side. And they've got... Because like, like, Baltimore's going to get... Uh, Boykin and Bateman back soon, but not not this week. And like, still no Stanley, still no Wolf. There's been a lot of guys like limited all week. It's it's tough. Yeah, and then you have the Broncos side. They're they might be without Melvin Gordon. They're yeah, pro- he's they are right now. Yeah. Of uh, no Judy, no Hamler, no so- Glasgow. Dalton Risner might be out there left guard, and. That's just their offensive side. Bradley Chubb's not playing. He's on IR. Uh, and Darby is on IR. Those ambulances you're hearing are actually driving directly to this game. Like, <laughs> preemptively. Yeah, they're, they're taking a weird pass, but yeah, they're going, <laughs> we're going through DC to get to Baltimore, I guess, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, real, real rough for this, so yeah. And, like so many guys out for both teams, it's really rough. Um, if Melvo is out, it is just Javante pretty much. Yeah, because they let go of Royce. Yeah, so I-, I know we talked about all those injuries for Denver, but Baltimore also has a lot of injuries on their side, and they're I think they're still easier to attack uh, in the run game than in the pass game. I'm not th- not that it's particularly tough for either at this point, given all those injuries <laughs> we mentioned, but. Yeah, we've seen some running success on them. Although, I guess right now, and I was looking through it, there are, a lot of their run metrics are pretty decent as far as like adjusted line yards and stuff rate. So maybe it's not as bad as I thought. But I mean, the Javon, Ravens do what? Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll have Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell. Yeah, back. that's a, that's pretty solid for run stopping. Um, yeah, that's definitely better. Mm-hmm. But but no, Derek Wolf is big. He, I think that's kind of his main thing is run stopping. Yeah. Well, if Javante is the only guy, like, he'll probably get most of the work. They have no hesitation on using him. So, like, if, if Melvo is out, he's in line for, you know, 18 carries, five targets and stuff. So, like, that's a crazy good workload regardless of the matchup. Yeah, and what stinks is Derek Wolf would be going against the backup. Yeah. With the 3-4 that they run, he would be on the guard. Um, yeah. this, this, is a, this is a gross game. Like... It would be if they were healthy, but it's especially now that they're all hurt. But is so is is there any interest in any one in this game for you, like outside of the Javante if no Mel though? Um, so the one that I need to mention is Mark Andrews because 
If you were to go on ESPN and you have Mark Andrews on your team, you would see next to his name a big red letter saying, <laughs> you know, Mark Andrews is going against the fourth best team against the tight end. And you might be like, oh, well, Mark Andrews hasn't been great this year. I don't know if I should start him. Don't listen to that shit. Fucking start Mark Andrews right now. I'm telling you this is a Mark Andrews week. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you look at who Denver's actually played None of those teams have a feature tight end in any capacity. Uh, We're talking about the Jets as one of them, the Giants without Evan Ingram, and the Jaguars, uh, who their best tight end was O'Shaughnessy at the time, who actually got hurt in that game. Yeah, he got hurt really early in the game, so they were without (laughs) tight ends, really. So, like, the ranking of Denver against tight ends right now is severely skewed when, in actuality, we have almost no tape on if they're good against tight ends or not. And Mandrews might be one of the only receiving options for Lamar. So, I think this is a huge Mandrews week. I'm, like, all in on that. And, And even though I'm torn on picking the game, that one matchup might be the thing that swings me just for Baltimore this week. Yeah, it's tough it's, when you go to Denver. It's a you know it's a shit show. Yeah, this is this is a really rough one to choose. I I'll probably lean Baltimore just because all else equal, I'll take Harbaugh and Lamar over Fangio and Teddy. Right, and a lot of times like our tiebreaker is you know quarterback head coach. So I'll probably lean Baltimore, but in general, yeah, like aside from. The Javante potential in managers, I, I kind of agree. I'm not really in on it. I'm not. I don't. I'm not expecting Hollywood to have all those touchdown opportunities uh, again. <laughs> right. Both defenses might be fine as yeah. a stream option for whatever fantasy you're doing. Um, I don't because I, I. It's one of those implied total games where you just can look at the over under, and those are probably the teams you want to target for certain things, like the teams with the really high overs. You know. Your Kansas City and Philly, you probably want more offensive players, less defensive stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. this game is probably what a forty-two over/under. Yeah, oh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like forty-two or forty-three. It is so it's at forty-four and a half right now. I might have climbed. I think it dropped then climbed, but it's super low. It's actually at a pickup right now. So mm. everyone else is pretty torn too. Yeah, it's a. I mean, with good reason. Uh, the best part of this game, it's going to be the kickers. Yeah, this is yeah, the kickers the kickers are the studs of this one for sure. Right? We're talking in Denver, high altitude, Justin Tucker and McManus just give me those oh, no, 80 yard kicks, baby. My McManus is bleeding. <laughs> so, yes, uh, very very kicky kicker heavy. Eh, words are hard. Kicker heavy game. Kicker. That's the kicker. So, next up we've got Pittsburgh at Green Bay, and we actually both have Pittsburgh here. This this was a really tough one to decide. I think this was our longest deliberation. Yep. Cuz this was one of those start of the week, oh, smash Green Bay. Yeah, uh-huh. they're going to win. Yeah, and I think then, we both put Green Bay to start, yeah. People started coming back for Pittsburgh. A yeah. couple injuries are now off of the injury report. A couple players that that uh, are very important <laughs> for their team. Their defense is by all accounts, relatively healthy. They are missing their uh, their run stoppers in Tuit and Alualu for Pittsburgh, but rest of that team, they get T.J. Watt back. Secondary is completely healthy. Linebackers, completely healthy. Still have Cameron Hayward. And we're talking two bad O-lines. This is uh, unfortunately not as easy of a pick Green Bay as I think I originally anticipated. Yeah, like... Because we watched Pittsburgh the last couple of weeks. We've watched Green Bay. We, we just saw Green Bay in prime time, like, come back against San Fran and win. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's why the, the gut was Green Bay. The spread says Green Bay. But like you said, Pittsburgh is healthy now. And Green Bay's not necessarily. They're going to be missing their left tackle here, um, who, who was ba- Bakhtiari's backup and was playing well. But yeah, he's, he's out. So they're going to be down too. to third string left tackle. Against the Steelers, well, they healthy, for at least to start the game, healthy defense. And no MVS, which sounds weird to say he's important, but he's their deep threat. Yes, he's very important for this game in particular. And we kind of talked about the Steelers 
they're good for a breakdown most like at least one breakdown most weeks on defense just in some capacity and so it's kind of how you beat attack their team is with the broken coverages on like the yeah. one or two plays yeah so like Devontae can obviously take advantage of that too but I think MVS would have been a big part of that so mm-hmm. if they don't have that option it definitely whittles them away and then without him they can they can much more easily keep everything in front of them because Lazard's not you know that speed level Devontae's super good but he's not like a speedster so they don't have anyone to threaten deep now which yep. you kind of need against the Steelers defense to keep them from just teeing off so yeah like if the Bengals didn't have Jamar Chase last week as kind of that target because they don't have Higgins either mm-hmm. how does that game go he had sort of the broken plays it it scrunches the defense down on the line there which is not good for the Packers if they don't have MVS yeah even if he's not going to have a huge stat line he draws a very important deep coverage I'm man I kind of we, we're picking the Steelers here we don't like it but yeah the the tough part for me here is how what like what Packers defense do we get because last <laughs> week against San Fran we saw Joe Barry like learn how to dial up blitzes properly apparently for the first time in his life and they got four sacks on Jimmy G and Big Ben is definitely not harder to sack than Jimmy G is but I because I mean Shanahan's a good coach Tom's a good coach I'm just curious how Pittsburgh is going to be able to handle any pressure that Green Bay brings is the big concern for me yeah and like they're going to have all the receivers back they have Najee so they, they have all the weapons. It's just a matter of can they can like can can, can the receivers make enough plays? That's what it's gonna come down to. Yeah. But I don't I don't think the Pittsburgh off or sorry, the the Green Bay offense is gonna be able to like is gonna be able to take off this week. The over under is actually at forty five and a half, which is pretty low for a Packers game. It is. It's so. it's pretty low and it kinda makes sense. Yeah, they're favored by six and a half it. right now. I don't know if I would take the over here. It might end up crossing it late in the game, but yeah, I, I feel like the that spread that six and a half is gonna shrink by the kickoff. Yeah. So another we're we're, we got, we're picking a lot of upsets this week, not like intentionally. No, but you know what? There's always a week like this fairly early in the year, and it's usually week four through week six. And I think we've brought it up before where almost all of people's picks are completely wrong, and it it's a shocker week. And I kind of think we might. I'm hoping we're ahead of the game on it this year. Yeah, a lot of what happens is we see these teams for enough games where we're like, okay, like we know what these teams are now, but right. the injuries don't the injuries don't get accounted for enough. And so yep. I think that's what's happening here. Now I'm not saying so I'm not saying like Vegas is saying is is doing it incorrectly. I'm saying like the crowd isn't taking advantage of this line, I don't think. Yeah, and the other thing is we feel like we have a good read on a lot of teams, but we might be overvaluing or undervaluing some teams a little bit because who they've played hasn't yeah. quite registered of how good or bad they are. Like the Broncos, we're really torn on the picking the Broncos or the Ravens, but the Broncos have played not good teams. That's so true. there's a there is a realistic possibility that they are actually a full tier below the the Ravens. Yeah. And we wouldn't really be able to tell that because of their records and how they've done so far. Yeah, and so all these always, yeah. injuries, too. Exactly. Well, that's there's... the thing. We saw them beat <laughs> Kansas City, and then I, I, I guess I'd just say, well, not luck because they got some bad luck on the drops, but they barely eked out a win over Detroit. So. Like, what if the Chiefs, I'm not saying this is going to happen, what if the Chiefs went 10-7 and 7 this year and were like, wow, that win over the Chiefs actually wasn't that as big for the Ravens as we initially thought mm. they're not as good of a team this year you yeah, know it's like tough to tell yeah it's hard to break that perception that's why there's always an early week what the fuck happened this week? <laughs> <laughs> this week moment and it could be week four so i'm kind of i kind of like that we're picking some upsets here yeah we're definitely on a few i'm going back through i think we're both still torn on that indy miami game i'm still torn on Detroit, i'm very Chicago torn on that too, yeah but there might come a point where I just say, I can't take Wentz against that secondary. Fuck it. We're going with the Dolphins. Yeah, it's but tough. For right now, I'm staying with it. I think so. But yeah, yeah we're taking we're taking uh, Pittsburgh here. Um, I didn't, We didn't put any bangers. I don't like... I think I mean, both the running backs are playable. Yeah, like I, I think you play your usual guys. I mean, like with Pittsburgh, it's always tough because like there's all those receivers. Like who's going to get theirs, who's won't that week. But like you're playing Devontae and Aaron Jones. And I think that's where you stop. 
<laughs> like right. Tunyon, but like I'm not going to try to get Lazard in this week or anything. No. So again, tough call, but we're making it. But we're next up, it. we've got a Sunday night game with Tampa Bay at New England, and we both have Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And this game is going to be annoying as hell. I will not be watching any pregame. I will try to watch the alternative broadcast um, if there is one. I wish this were Monday night so I could have the Manning cast. But I'm going to probably turn down the uh, the color commentating during this game because I don't want to hear them just jerk off Tom Brady the whole time. Yep. And Bill. They're just, I mean, the whole game is yeah. just this bullshit that yeah, we Yeah, it's going to be a about. circle jerk for sure. Yeah, some stupid-ass reporter, I feel the need to bring this up, was like, oh, Bill, would you have, uh, you think you would have had as much success in New England the past 20 years without Tom Brady? And he goes, no, obviously not. Next question. <laughs> like, what a fucking stupid question. Yeah. Is there really nothing for you idiots to talk about out there? I mean, I know, Jesus I saw, Christ. I saw a thing with, like, Judon, like, they, like, they asked him, like, six questions in a row about Tom Brady or something, and he was like, hey, like, there are, there's, like, 52 other guys on the team to prepare for, for not just Tom Brady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but there are, okay. So there are some injury things to get to in this game. So Tampa is actually, you know, sort of injured here. Uh, yeah. Probably no Gronk. It's sounding like, uh, no, I Gio, would say no, yeah. uh, no Jamel Dean. Mm-hmm. So, and then I believe still no, um, who's your slot corner? Murphy Bunting. Yeah. He's Murphy out. Bunting. Yeah. So, They'll be they'll be bringing Richard Sherman and having him play, and I think so. New England lost New England lost James White, but I think they're otherwise healthy. Otherwise, I think so. I have to look at their line really quickly because they might have an injury on the line. Yeah, I know Trent Brown had been hurt. He's been limited and is questionable. But a lot of times when like linemen are you know limited questionable, they play. Although Trent Brown is more almost like finicky, but he's he he's more uh, apt to sit than a lot of other other linemen are i think right but he is also like a massive human being so i think when you you become that large i think i think it changes a bit on how much you can push your body i think yeah no i would agree with that i know kyle duggar was added to the report too he is the strong safety for the patriots i don't expect that to be a huge issue Mm -hmm. yeah i always always keep an eye out for like the game days but Seems like the Patriots are mostly healthy. Um, but that being said, I still think Tampa is the better team. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that puts Fournette into more play, especially for PPR-wise, because Geo came in last week and stole those PPR points, and I think it'll be, <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be Fournette if that scenario arises. And they trust him more than Rojo, so he's, he's pretty much the main running back in this game for Tampa. Right. So I can definitely see you know a game here making more sense. Um I hate trying to pick between those two. I yeah. really hate it. I, re- I really think Rojo might be in like fumble purgatory doghouse too much now at this point. Yeah. And then, because uh, they, they've been giving Rojo like honorary start, but I think last game they just gave Fournette the start and said, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, they signed Fournette too, like yeah. officially and gave him. And then Brait, uh, he's the next guy up after Gronk. Now, we will see O.J. Howard get involved, I think, but Braid is going to be the main guy, and we've seen Braid produce plenty of times. So I definitely like him as a stream for tight end if you're struggling there. Mm-hmm. I do like that one. I like yeah. Cameron Braid here. Do you have any lean on the Tampa receivers because we will have uh, A.B. back here? Oh, <laughs> mm, okay, so really quickly for New England, they're going to have uh, J.C. Jackson and Jalen Mills. It, so they will be relatively healthy. Still no Gilmore. Um, I kind of just think you avoid, like, not you. as I mean, Tampa generally avoids passing too much in the first half of the game and runs for the first half and then gets into passing maybe in the second half. I think their ceilings might be a little capped. Um, but AB's back. He's probably a, a good target. This is this technically a revenge game for him. Very it minorly is. technically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like he doesn't have any sense of revenge against the Pats, though. He shouldn't. I mean, I guess Bill knows exactly how to beat Brady. Yeah. like That's the is thing, is I'm curious, Kenny. like, what we see from Brady in the Bucks passing game. Because, like, how... I don't I don't want to get into the broadcast. I'm just, I'm just talking... We're talking about this for the purpose of outcome of game. Uh, right. Like, how petty is Brady to, 
like want to pass all over them. Oh, I think very is the answer. Uh-huh. But this is like the perfect, you know, setup for Bill too. Like Bill's got pride and he's got an actual team this year. Oh yeah. I'm like glad like last year he didn't have a team. Like <laughs> that was the problem. Like the Pats just had <laughs> no one last year on either side. But ah uh, man. This is this is like a tough call to decide like where to go like fantasy player wise here. I think New England it might be. I mean I know I've been saying it like a couple weeks and it hasn't materialized much, but I mean they really should go for some tight ends this week. Yeah, it's I think it's Hunter Henry over Jonu because when mm-hmm. they're when they're going. Um, so last week when they went more three receiver, uh, Hunter Henry stayed on the field more. And we also talked about Jonu just honestly had a really bad game last week, too. Yeah, he did. So I would lean Hunter Henry over Jonu if I'm picking one. But we saw Kendrick Bourne get on the field a lot more, and he and Mac Jones, I think, predictably rift. Uh, or sorry, like, um, yeah, like rift, like R-I-F-F-E-D, not like R-I-F-T. Um, right. Big difference there. And so, and then we're going to see Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne, like, split slot time, and then Aguilar stay out wide. So I would lean... Jacoby or Bourne here if I'm picking a New England receiver. But I think Tampa receiver is literally just like pick pick one. <laughs> and they'll probably be all right. Yeah, like sometimes you can kind of make a decision, but this one's like I don't we don't there's not like any clear lean I think either of us have on who's gonna pop off. I mean like because Godwin should be able to beat uh their slot corner Jones, but I mean I feel I feel like they like they could also probably like, like Evans can beat, you know, Mills, so Right. It's yeah, it's t- it's really tough to pick. I mean, JC eh, Jackson yeah. did a lot of slot work before you know Gilmore got hurt and they've moved him into just like the starting corner. Yeah, I mean position. I I could I could see them having him shadow Godwin. I can see that too actually. Cuz that would make sense as far as like they like are like phys- physical comp wise they're really similar. Mm-hmm. So, I think I mean that would make some sense if they want to do that and then because I don't know what they would do about Evans then though. Because Jackson is also their biggest corner. And so I know. That's the tough part. Like, he consoled at Godwin, but Godwin is, you know, kind of like himself. But Edwin's is like a mo- sorry, Evans is like a monster of a human being. So I'm assuming the Patriots' playbook is to just try to make Brady uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's which I guess would lend itself away from Evans. Right? right. Like, I think Godwin becomes the like safety target and like Brait, honestly. So yeah, like I think it's a lot. I think a lot of what we're getting is it kind of points to Brait if they're going to try to take away weapons. But I don't. I don't know who he would take away. I think he would try to take away. I think Evans might be the easiest to take away of the three in terms of like just bracket him. Right. But yeah, tough call yeah. on those on those receivers. So yeah, I might sit Evans if I was if you were you know start sit. You know, if you I were guess. to order, if you were to order the three, I think Evans is in the bottom of the three of the order. Yes, but again, it's it's if we're being forced to pick an order, I think I would go Godwin, AB Evans in this game. Mm-hmm. So the New England running back situation, I so we saw Brandon Bolden come in a little bit last week briefly, but I we don't really have much of a clue who's gonna like fill in for James White. I imagine we see some sort some sort of like committee. Um, I will say, like, if if you have the opportunity to still do it, like, add the guys and just see. Like, I assume Ramondre gets active. And then uh, Ivan Fears actually, like, has some pretty positive things to say about Ramondre. Mm. Um, he Because he was really, really hard on him, like, publicly. Um, I guess trying to, you know, keep the rookie in check, whatever. But he, I'm not going to say gushed about him, but a for, uh, for Ivan DeFears to be like that openly positive about a rookie running back, I think is a really good sign. And so we def- I think we could definitely see two things. Like I think we, we might see J.J. Taylor get a lot more involved and just replace White while he's injured in that role, which makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense with how their play styles and comps are. That's but kind then, of what I'm expecting is to see J.J. Taylor coming uh-huh. on like the third down James White plays. Uh-huh. But I could also see them get like Ramondre involved a lot in the passing game because he's pretty decent mm-hmm. at that. And he, he could be like the pass catching goal line. It could be literally like, a Moss and Singletary thing where Damian Harris is your Singletary and then Ramondre is your Moss, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but yeah. I am hoping to see Ramondre Stevenson more. Oh, he looked really good. They definitely will like, have him active and use it more. Like I don't doubt that at all, but we'll be watching it because it's prime time. I have no clue what the game is going to be like, but 
a lot, a lot of interesting fantasy options now with some of these injuries. Yeah. I actually don't know if I'll want <laughs> Depends how you're feeling that night, yeah. TV. Yeah. But lastly, we've got the Monday night showdown of AFC West uh, contenders here. We've got the Vegas Raiders, still weird to say, at the still. Los Angeles, also weird to say, Chargers. <laughs> um, we're picking the Chargers here. And yeah. this, is, this is one where I think after week two, originally really early on, I was like, okay, when did the Raiders play good O-line? And it was this week. Yeah. And so... I'm picking the Chargers because they should actually be able to hold off the Raiders' pass rush, and once you do that, their defense sucks. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Like, I don't want to say Raiders sucks. They have Hayward, but yeah, yeah. If they can't get pressure, it's uh, it makes the secondary's job a lot harder for the Raiders, who are playing some very good wide receivers this week. Yeah, I'm expecting a shootout here. Probably the over under is 51 and a half. Chargers favored by three and a half. I. So the big thing right now is if Jacobs plays or not, because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, like, do they once again run Peyton Barber twenty times? Because <laughs> literally, like, they had, something came out about it, and Gruden like pretty much said he like, yeah, like he played well. We do it again, like if we need to. So not feeling great about that one. Um, Jacobs has been limited all week. Um, I know it's it's not super positive. Yeah, like Thursday. Let's see. He was like, like Gruden said he was very questionable, I think. So if I had to leave, so this is the tough part because if you're considering Peyton Barber, like in, if you're like, if you're in running back hell, like I am in a league and Peyton Barber is an option, it's tough because if Jacobs plays, you're screwed and like you have nowhere to go. So yeah, it's really tough because like if, if it is Peyton Barber and Jacobs is out, like he's a solid fill in, but it's a matter of like, will you get that fill in? I guess. <laughs> but the right. also also the other side of it is like, it's weird because he had a really good game against the Dolphins in a game where they got down. You you would have expected Kenny and Drake to have a good game in the PPR department, but I think he like missed a pass block or something, and he's went to Peyton Barber the whole time. I don't remember what the exact scenario was, but he went to Peyton Barber the whole time. And the Chargers' defensive weakness is a run game, and so I'm not ruling out them smashing it to Peyton Barber over and over. But I don't know if the Chargers are gonna allow that per se yeah i'm trying to see how the chargers have done against the pass catching running backs um i would say most teams just haven't tried (laughs) yeah because like you you can just rush on them is the thing right and so the raiders are for sure going to try that but they know they've been super aggressive they've been passing a shit ton so i'm expecting a good monday night shootout yeah i'm actually looking forward to this one way more than the sunday night game oh for sure yeah um, I'm expecting a fun game. I mean, Derek Carr is leading the league in passing. So if he puts up 400 yards and Herbert puts up 400, this is like yeah, that's an 800-yard passing game. Yeah, because the Chargers are so pass-heavy. Like, Brandon Staley's philosophy is all pass, pass, pass. And so right. the Raiders can keep up and will if they need to. So, like, I, as much as I'm saying, like, oh, maybe Peyton Barber gets a lot of run and I guess a weaker run defense, my inclination of what I think might be more likely is... Uh, they have to just pass a whole bunch. Now, Peyton Barber can, of course, sneak in a touchdown or something like that, but... Sure. Um, I, I think all your pass game options are bangers here. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, so Waller, of course, Keenan, assuming he's in, Mike Williams. What about the Raiders receivers? Yes, like, are, yeah, are you more Renfro? Are you more Rugs here? What Like, what's your lean? I do think Renfro might be in the safe flex option most week yeah. category now because Carr clearly loves him. Awesome PPR he, guy. Awesome PPR guy. Carr loves him. Carr throws a lot. Um, Brian Edwards is definitely improving and coming onto the scene. It's a little, I think starting him this week might be a little risky, mm-hmm. but I don't hate the play. I mean, he's looked good and they're going to need him to play well. So if you think the Raiders are going to keep up in this one, and I kind of think they do, I think Brian Edwards might be a, like an okay option. Yeah, it's definitely you, bears risk, but yeah. How do you how do you rank these receivers? Um, well, I'll remove Waller because he's one. yeah, he's a he's a top. But yeah, I, I'm I'm asking specifically Renfro, Rugs, Edwards. Yeah, Renfro, Rugs, and Edwards. I like Renfro is the safest option. I think Edwards has the highest uh, potential ceiling, and I think he has a relatively okay floor. Um, Ruggs is the one that is just, you know, already it is 
kind of boomer bust uh, where he could really just take off. I would ex- I like I don't hate any of them this week. If I'm ranking them, I guess I'm probably going with Renfro one. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking through like the targets. So Rugs got five, then seven and seven targets. Right. Which seven targets a week for Rugs is a kind of a lot for for Rugs. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're getting him more involved in other ways. Uh, Edward still hasn't scored yet. Um, which he's right. at like 200 yards and hasn't scored. So that's you know, in terms of like overdue. Which once a- after we get past this week, we can start digging into the. One of my favorite things from last year was like the Panthers receivers always being overdue for a touchdown. <laughs> like I, that was what we talked about a lot. Like Robbie should score any minute now, <laughs> right? Oh, uh, and it just didn't happen. But yeah, Renfro leads the wide receivers and targets right now. Obviously, you know, uh, Waller leads his team. But no, Drake still got six targets last week. Barber got five, which is surprising. But I don't know if I'd expect five targets for uh, Peyton Barber again in, in a week. Mm. Yeah, no, so I think my order is Renfro, Edwards, Ruggs. Um, The problem being for Ruggs is that the Chargers did kind of shut down Reek last week. Yeah, that tracks. Like, I feel Um, like they'll approach a similar game plan, right? Like, with Kelsey to Waller, then Reek on Ruggs, yeah. Yep. Um, And they, part of that was, you know, they put a lot of pressure on Mm -hmm. Mahomes. So... If yeah, they can do a similar sort of thing to Carr, then he might just not have as much time to get the ball out to Ruggs. Because mm-hmm. we've not really seen this Raiders line tested a ton. And the Fountain, the, not the fact, sorry, the, the Dolphins still managed to get a few sacks out of last week, too. Right. So, but on the uh, on the other side, you got Chargers. I, you said Keenan Allen was questionable? He is questionable. <laughs> Yeah, he's been limited, so I think he'll be fine. He oh, yeah, should, I expect him. To he play. deserves days off. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's done a lot of carrying the team. I'm surprised he's not on there for back. So yeah, he's you know logging limited practices, and they play on a Monday night. I'm fully expecting. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, it is pushed back a day, so I'm fully expecting Allen. He is probably my favorite of the week. Obviously, Mike Williams just went off, but. It would not surprise me to see Williams come back down to earth. Like, oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be Casey Hayward on him, right? I assume so. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I would I would presume as much. That would make that sense. would be my guess. Yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. What? Hmm. Uh, I'm looking. Michael Williams is a lot bigger than Casey Hayward. Maybe they they might put Mullen on him. I don't know. How much? I thought uh, Casey Hayward was relatively. He's listed tall, at. I think he's listed like at like six feet, basically, like just okay. under actually, but. So Michael Williams has a lot of size on it, so maybe they would put Mullen on it, but I'm not sure how they'll do that. But obviously, Mullen is taller, yeah. Yeah. So hmm. Hmm, who knows? Hmm. <laughs> it's a tough one, like because I'm curious how they're gonna, like what they're gonna do with like with Guyton. I would I could totally see Guyton getting loose for one here, but yeah. So is um I don't know if you have access to this, but Chargers uh, slot corner. Who is that right now? Is it Asante Samuel Jr.? Like, is he doing the slot? Let work. me pull it up. So in the slot, we have primarily uh, Campbell as the primary slot corner. Oh, Tavon Campbell. Um, I would double check the first name. Let's see. Campbell. Yeah, Tavon Campbell, but spelled T-E-V-A-U-G-H-N. Oh, that's a headache. <laughs> uh, okay, so that makes me feel better. If it was Asante Samuel, I might have had to go back on my Renfro take, but now I'm stronger on it. Strong. Yeah, so... Yeah, this is going to be a great Monday night game, I think, and I'm excited for it. And I'm, I think I, if I, if you're telling me I have to put a certain bet on this game, I think I would say the over. If I'm betting like, if I'm betting anything with spread or a money line or the over or under, I think I would lean over if I have to place a bet on this game. Yeah, we can let's go through those real quick. Just maybe some obvious ones that we really like. But I think for that game, what is the over under? Uh, fifty one and a half. Yeah, I'll take the over. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's I don't, a smash for me. Yeah, see, yeah, because Tampa is minus seven favorites at the 49 over, 49 over under. I think that's about right. I could maybe see it going under, but I don't want to put a bet on that. Pittsburgh, Green Bay, I think we've kind of decided we don't want to bet on that one. Uh, right. Baltimore, Denver is 44 and a half at a pick em. Yeah, yeah. 44 um, and a half. Yeah, I think that one's a solid. Uh and then Seattle is a three-point dog at San Fran with a 52 over under. I think we, we would like Seattle, so that's one I would take them on the money line. 
Yeah, I mean, taking the plus three there is great because I think they'll win, so that's just great odds. Mm-hmm. And then, let's see, the last one we had for this segment was see Rams minus four over Arizona, 54.5 over under. Again, that sounds about right. Um, although, if you made me, I said, if you make me pick a bet, I think I would take under or Rams to cover. If I've I was going to say that, too. I'm like, I think that might be a dangerous over game. Yeah, like that or like I think Rams to cover might be would, will maybe be my bet. But, yeah, Rams um, to cover and potentially the under there. Because that's, then, you know, they're essentially, you know, 27 apiece. That's right. You know, if that's mm-hmm. 30 to 24, basically. Yeah. I can see that. And then, oh, yeah, we also have Tennessee, the Jets, this one. Um Tennessee's favored by six and a half, and we're saying the Jets win. So, I mean, you can take the points or the money line there. Right. So, yeah. I think good, 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 uh, good slate of games in the second half. I think there's a lot of compelling, uh, like, like these, I think some of these outcomes will tell us a lot about these teams that we don't know yet. Mm hmm. But that will wrap up our week four preview already on week four. Not a, not, this won't be a quarter of the way, though, because we have that extra week now, though. That's right. <laughs> But thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at Mozzie and Muscle and online on the interwebs uh, at mozzieandthemuscle.com.